what we desire to taste this evening to the Lord is good. I like the statement Brother Mario made earlier on. That, you know, he said, I believe you're all free, but he said, if you're not free, then you'll be free tonight. You know, I and Brother Mario didn't talk about what I was going to preach this evening. I didn't tell them my topic, but I believe that the Lord is leading this evening. Amen. Amen. And I would just say, just pull on the word. You know, and, and, and whatever the Lord will, will lead you to do, you know, just just let God have his way this evening. Amen. Maybe a Wednesday night, but God is still God. Amen. Amen. And let's just give ourselves away. Tell him whether we're streaming, whether we're here tonight. Amen. And let's let him move in our midst. Amen. Amen. I wonder if you have just a short chorus for us before we go to the Lord in prayer. With my hands lifted up And my mouth filled with praise With the heart of thanksgiving I will bless Thee, O Lord I will bless Thee, O Father, that we can come, Lord, in your presence this evening, Lord. We thank you, the Lord, you've made a way for us to come, Lord. And Father, we know that when we come, Lord, we never leave the same. Because we know that you are a God, O oh, Father, that always provides our need, O oh, God. 
And Father, this evening, you know every need that is in here, Lord. Whether it be natural, whether it be spiritual, Lord, you know every heart and every need, Lord. And Father, we just want to give you the preeminence this evening, Lord. Father, I want to give you the preeminence, Lord. And I believe everyone here does, the Lord. The Father, you move in your own way. The Lord, you speak to us in your own way, your Father. The Father, whatever you desire us to know this day, Lord, may it be made known unto us, O God. The Father, we may have walked in, Lord, Father, with, with problems. We may have walked in, O Father, with sickness. But, Lord, I pray. The Father, as we live this place this, this evening, Lord, may we not live the same, O Lord. But may you, the mighty one, O Father, the God of Israel, Lord, the unchangeable one, Lord, come in a mighty way and sweep over us, O God. Father, may you grant us another surge of the Holy Ghost this evening, O Lord. Father, may you lift us just a little higher this evening, O God. Lord, may you prepare our hearts, O Lord, to be ready for a rapture, O God. Father, we just surrender and give ourselves to you and we say, Lord, you have your way, O God. Father, whatever be the need, Lord, you meet with them, O Lord. Father, we thank you for the song service this evening. And Lord, we just ask the Lord you take the word now, O Lord. And as the hearts have been prepared, O Lord, Father, we ask that you place the word in there. But Lord, you may not just place it in there, Lord. But Father, may it become a reality, O Lord. May it become, O have the Father, living word, O Lord. May it become a life, O Lord, that will project through us, O Lord. Father, we surrender all to you this evening. And we ask that you have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. As we stand and we just turn our Bibles to the book of Second Kings. Thank you, musicians and song leader. Be sure to enjoy the services over the weekend. Amen. It's a good service for Brother Ed about the atmosphere, and I believe we all living in that atmosphere this evening. Amen. And Thank Brother Moses as well, bringing and reminding us about being elected sons and daughters of God. Amen. And we believe as elected sons and daughters of God, we, we ought to live that way. Amen. Amen. We return to Second Kings 13 this evening, and we want to read from verse 14 to 19. You know, God works in mysterious ways. A brother came to my house one time, and... We got to talking and we got to talking and and he made a statement. And when he made a statement, something just struck within. And from there, the Lord led us to this this evening. Amen. So we're trusting that he will have his way. I want to read from verse 14 to 19. Is that now Elisha was fallen sick of a sickness whereof he died and and Joash the king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, take, take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thy hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. And he said, Open the windows each ward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians in Apec till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows. And he took the arrows. And he said, Unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. 
and he smote Royce and stared. And the man of God was raw with him and said, Thou shouldest have smitten five or six times, then hast thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. May the Lord add his blessing to his word, and we may have you see it tonight. And I believe many of you may, may know the we know the, the sermon Brother Branham preached on this was the hour of God's deliverance that's been shot from a ball. And tonight we want to speak on the, 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 the hour of God's deliverance. Amen. Brother Branham spoke the sermon on Shreveport. And it was through the life tabernacle. And as Brother Branham was preaching the sermon, Brother Branham started to talk to the life tabernacle. And he started to say to the life tabernacle about about how they've been drifting away and how they allow waddlingness to come into the church. And he said how, you know, a couple of years back when he came, how there was a fire burning in the church, but how when he came back to preach the sermon, there was kind of a relenting and a laying back. And, you know, he started to scourge them and he started to tell them and he started to notice different things of, you know, you know, talking about, you know, some of the sisters started to put on paint and, and dressing immorally and different things. And, and Brother Branham started to scream out to what And I believe that this evening, you know, we, we know, we know so much in a position where, you know, we have what sisters doing that or we have people dressing immorally or such a thing. But oh, what I would say tonight or what perhaps I would think is that the church is coming to a place that has perhaps gotten just a little bit relaxed. You know, just kind of falling a little bit back and, you know, there's no more the fervency that we used to have when we go into prayer. You know, there's no more the deep perhaps that was there that when we go into the Word, amen. You know, there's no more a zeal that it used to be. There's no more craving and a crying. But at the same time, we also know that, we, that there is a coming a time of deliverance. There is coming a time that the Lord is coming to pack away His bride from this place. And if there ever is a time that we ought to be serious and there is a time that we ought to be, you know, on fire for the Lord, I believe that it is this time. Amen. And, you know, I myself will blame and I myself will kind myself guilty among those kind of people of not being zealous the way I used to be. Amen. And, you know, I pray that the Lord will help me. I pray that the Lord will help me to be more diligent. I pray that the Lord will be more consecrated and more dedicated to Him. You know, I pray that the Lord will be my portion. And when you pray, you pray for me also. Amen. Because we are all on the one journey. We are on the same battle. Amen. And, you know, being here to speak to you doesn't mean that we don't fight. You know, we have the enemy, and, and every preacher can tell you the same thing, that we have the enemy always fighting against us. And we do a preaching, and we do need your prayers. Amen. But at the same time, I also believe that it is time for the church of the living God to rise up to its God's given right. Amen. At the same time, I believe that it's time for the church of the living God to stop living in a state of a defeated man or in a state of a defeated woman. Amen. I believe it is time for the church of the living God to start turning a focus upon Christ. Amen. It is time for her to start looking to the one who created him. It is time for him to start seeing the one 
one who brought him here. Amen. It is time for him to start destroying any kind of unbelief. Amen. I believe it is time to start destroying and uprooting any kind of doubt. I believe it is time to start tearing down any type of sin that has been beset on the children of God because we are serving a living God. Amen. We are serving a God who is still on the business of delivering his people. We are serving a God who is still on the business of reconciling his people by the power of the Holy Ghost. We are serving a God. Amen. We are serving a living God. And I believe we ought not to be settled by nothing else. Amen. Because God is here to produce sons and daughters of God. God is here. It has come a time for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. Brother Branham will say in the adoption, in the full adoption for 1960 Jeffersonville, he said, tell me, my brother, tell me, my sister, when was the time that the sons of God was ever to be manifested? Manifested outside of this time. When was ever the time that ought to be a manifestation of a son and of a daughter of God? There is no other time but this time. And it's in where, when was there ever a time in history that the manifestation, the time, the time to deliver all nature. See, nature, the nature itself is growing and waiting for the time of the manifestation. Why? Before the atonement was made, before the Holy Ghost was poured out, before all, all the, all the Old Testament on down there, they could not be in manifestation. He said before the atonement, before the Holy Ghost, there could never be a manifestation. He said it had to wait till this time. Now all things has been brought, coming, shaping up to the headstone, to the manifestation of sons of God coming back and the Spirit of God into these men so perfectly until the ministry will be so close to Christ that it will join him and his church together. Amen. This is the uniting time. This is the joining time. And you see, he is already going forward. He is already going forward to make the way. He's going forward to make the way of deliverance. He's going forward to make the way of restoration. But all we have to do is to start to take him out of his word and start to be the manifestation. Of that word. Friends, we pray that tonight this won't be something that we'll just take in and just walk away. I believe that God really is wanting to manifest, manifest himself in you and I. I believe that God is really wanting to take the preeminence in the people. But you know, I think it is time to really start letting go. I think it is time to really start letting go and letting God have his way in us. Amen. Because there is no other time, as he said, for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. A total deliverance, Jefferson 1959. He said, all Jesus' work was complete. Everything was complete. Total delivered. He totally delivered the leper from leprosy. He totally delivered a woman with a blood issue from hair issue. He totally delivered the world from sin. He, he, when he died at the day of the atonement, he totally delivered every sin. He delivered 
of the church. So there is no need for us to live on the privileged people. See, the deliverance is not something that you have to be going doing. See, he has done, done the deliverance, amen. All we have to live is to rise up to what God given privileges. He said there is no need for us to live in a defeated state because he defeated the devil and took all principalities and power and subdued them under his feet and, uh, and they have no legal rights to rule over you. Now I want to repeat that again. He said they have no legal rights to rule over you. See, they have no legal rights to rule over the pride. Why? Because they have been defeated. And if they are ruling, it's because we have let a hole into the, into the kingdom of God. If they are ruling, it's because we've let a hole in our life. But tonight he has come for a total deliverance. Because the devil has no leg of right upon the Son of God. He has no leg of right upon the daughter of God. And this is not something that I said. That is something that he said. He said we are Christians filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't have to have the devil dictate to us. Christ delivered us. Total deliverance. Delivered us from evil. Deliver us from sin. Deliver us from habits. Deliver us from talking. Deliver us from black guard. Deliver us from all kind of smoother things. He totally delivered us and put us into his holy hands. A complete and total deliverance. This is our God. But despite it all, somehow... We find ourselves entangled. We find ourselves entangled in a place where the enemy keeps on covering our blind spots. Where the enemy keeps on coming in. We find ourselves going around in a circle, in a circle of sin, in a circle that we seem not to be able to break out of. And we know very well that the circle we're running around in it's the very thing that is hindering us to actually walk with properly with God. It's the very thing that is hindering us for us to come up higher with the Lord. And we find ourselves entangled. But you see, Paul said in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, I'm just going to read a portion. He said, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the order and finisher of our faith. See, friends, this is a race that we run. On, and the end goal of this race is a kingdom above that is waiting for us. But you see, as we run on this way, race, we ought to be running with patience and see, in the running of this race, our eyes ought to be on only one goal, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because He's the only one who can loosen us from any entanglement. But you see, because you see, Israel, see, Israel was a chosen people. See, Israel were a people that God had ordained and said that He was going to deliver them. See, there were a people that God has called and he said it was, he was going to deliver them from every enemy and he was going to make them a great nation. And all that they had to do was to fear the Lord and obey his commandments. Yeah. 
But you see, Israel got himself entangled when they started to look at the other nations. They got themselves entangled when they started to look around the, the other people that were around them. And you see, we get ourselves entangled when we started looking too much at the news. We get ourselves entangled when we started looking too much at some YouTube videos. You see, they start to entangle us. And no, no, no longer than that, we start to find ourselves that those things start becoming idols in our lives. We find that those things start to take the place of prayer. We start to find out that those things start to take the place of your time that you will spend reading the Bible. You know, I wonder how much time we used to spend reading the Bible until the voices came, until the internet came, that it came right on our phone. I wonder if you're still spending the same amount of time that we used to spend with the Word, if we're spending the same amount of time that we used to spend in prayer until the, all these devices came on the same. You see, we get entangled with those kind of tents. And you see, Israel, as they got entangled, they started to desire the gods that the other nations had. They started to desire the tents that the other nations had. They started to desire the idols that the other nations had. And we find out that many times, because of those mistakes, the Lord will bring them into captivity. or will bring them into bondage. But you see, God, He is a sovereign God. See, God is a God who never forgets his promises, amen. God is a God who always remains God. And if he has chosen you, he's going to make sure that he brings deliverance into your life. He's going to make sure that the enemy doesn't rule over you. Because you see, when he has made a word, when he has said that he has chosen them, he has chosen them. And when he said that he has chosen you, he has chosen you. See, God will never forget his people. Isaiah 49, 14 to 16, he said, But Zion, which is the bride, he said, But Zion said, That the Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. He said, Can a woman forget a suckling child, that he that she should not have compassion on the son of her own womb? He said, Yeah, they may forget, yet I will not forget thee. He said, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palm of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. And I tell you something this evening. If the Lord hasn't forgotten you, I want you to know that the Lord hasn't forgotten your pain. That the Lord hasn't forgotten your trouble. That the Lord hasn't forgotten your situation. That the Lord hasn't forgotten your sorrow. And tonight, He has come onto the scene. He's come to your pain. He's come to your situation. He's come to your trouble. And he's not just come to see your pain. He's, just, he's not just come to watch your trouble. See, he's just not come, you know, to ignore your situation that you're going in. But he has come with a deliverance. He has come with a total deliverance because we know that the God we serve, He is not a halfway God. We know that the God we serve, He doesn't do tens part time. We know that the God we serve, He doesn't do tens partially.
healing, but we know it is God. When it comes for deliverance, it comes for a total one. When it comes to set you free, it comes to completely set you free. And that's the reason that he's come tonight. He's come to your situation. Today is a personal day. He's come to your own struggle. Amen. But a question I want you to ask you tonight is are you ready for deliverance? Are you ready for deliverance? Because see, he cannot deliver if you're not ready for deliverance. See, he's always willing to deliver, but are you ready for deliverance? A total deliverance, Brother Branham continued to say. He said, I heard Brother Neville announce this morning back there that it kind of come to my mind that the people similarly are getting away from deliverance. It seems to be something that the people sin it, so they just push it out on, to one side. Oh, well, God can do it. But that's not the attitude. Amen. Amen. But the problem is saying in, in his days that the people seemingly are getting away from deliverance. See, you're pushing away the pain. Well, maybe we'll solve it one day. See, you're pushing away the need of an experience with the Lord. Maybe we'll have it at a youth camp. See, you're pushing away the sorrow. See, you're pushing away the struggle. Or maybe we'll deal with that sometime. Why? Because you're feeling it too hard to deal with it. And why are they feeling too hard to deal with it? Because they have been entangled. Because the prayer life is no more the same. And they find it hard to go back on your knees and to cry out for deliverance. Say, well, we'll push it off to someday. Maybe we'll push it off to the next service. Maybe we'll push it off when the next special meetings come in. Maybe we'll push it off when the next, you know, visitor minister comes in. But what about tonight? What about dealing with it tonight? Because, you know, one thing we ought to realize that, you know, it's not about us trying to bring things together, but it is God bringing them together. See, it is God that is coming down this evening. See, he knew where you would be sitting this evening. He knew that you were going to be here this evening. You were sitting in the home and you're streaming. He knows that you were going to be sitting there. And he knew the word that he had for you this evening. But the question is, are you ready for deliverance? Because you see, pushing it off is not the right attitude. Because God, what he's preparing is a bride. And the bride that he's preparing is a sinless bride. The bride that he's preparing is a pure bride. And if that is the bride that he's coming for, then he has a deliverance for that bride. He has a deliverance to bring them out of sin. He has a deliverance to bring them out of, of trouble and the different things that he avoided and with. See, God doesn't put his deliverance to the future. See, he's always ready to deliver. And even now, he is ready to deliver. Amen. Amen. You say, oh, as you read from the scripture, he always Joash. And see, Joash was living a backslidden life. See, Joash wasn't really serving the Lord. 
See, Joash didn't, you know, tear down all the old tents and all the abomination of his fathers. But you see, the Bible said that Joah was continuing in the evil ways of his fathers. See, Joah was kind of a borderline believer. He was kind of a lukewarm believer. See, he was just kind of a halfway believer. So everything just went. Everything was just okay. See, that was kind of the, the kind of, you know, kind of a king that Joah was. But you see, when he had the king, the, the, the prophet was sick. You know, he decided that he would go and pay the prophet a visit. And Brother Branham will talk about him having a sense still of God on him. He still had a fear of God on him. Even though he looked to be backslidden and, and he looked to be, you know, falling away and halfway. But still the fear of God was still on his heart. The fear of God was still there that he realized that there was a need for me to go visit the prophet of God. Because the prophet of God was nigh unto death. And the arrow of deliverance shot from a bow tree, Brother Branham said, in the face of all that, to show you there is a hope. This old king Joash had that the prophet was sick, and he went down to visit him. And when he went to visit him, he didn't come irreverent. He would come with respect. He walked up. He had enough God about him to know that he must visit the prophet with respect. So he walked up and wept over him and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. See, that's the way you want to get something from God. Don't come around a meeting like this to make fun. Don't come around to pack some kind of a tale from one place to another. If you do that, you'll never get nowhere with God. He said, don't read the Bible to force obey it. Read the Bible to live it. That's right. Amen. He said, so then when he went down there and seen him, he respected him. He said, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel in the hearts. In other words, my father, my father, you are worth more than all the chariots of Israel and all the horsemen thereof. Brother Branham said, and how true that is. He said, I say tonight, though Elijah, man and Elijah, was considered a holy roller, a fanatic by modern world. Yet his presence in that nation was worth more than all the horses and the chariots they had. And I will say to Noam that God, that a good old-fashioned Holy Ghost stand meeting is to protect us more than all the atomic bomb that we could create in a million years. Amen. I believe that Elisha, who is a type of the bride, is worth more than anything else that this world can ever offer. Because this bride has got Jesus Christ in him. Because this bride has got God in her. And when she is walking, it is God walking. When she is talking, it is God talking. When she is praying, it is Christ interceding. And the only reason why this world is still standing is because there is a pride that is still in this place. I tell you, this pride is worth more than anything else that this world could offer. So Jawas came to the prophet with reverence and respect and the fear of the Lord. See, Jawas just went there to pay a visit. 
But you see, Joash had a problem. But the reason why he was gone was to just pay a visit to the prophet. But you see, the prophet of God knew the problem that Joash had. And see, Joash, when he came to the prophet, Joash never told the prophet the problem that he had. But the prophet already had descended and already know that the problem that Joash had. And perhaps tonight you have just come to church. You've just come to a Wednesday service, you may say. And perhaps you've come and you have a problem. You have a situation in your life. And perhaps it's an unspoken request this evening. That perhaps you didn't even bring it up to be prayed over. But I want you to know that there is a God who knows what the problem is. See, he came just to pay a visit. But a prophet started to discern his problem. See, the situation that was going on in Israel was that they were being besieged by the Syrians. The Syrians seemed to be coming in and seemed to be taken over. Surely Joash heart was perplexed. But yet he thought, you know, I'm not going to even bother the prophet. You see, probably because he's just sick and he's just nigh unto death. And sometimes we come to church and we think, you know, I don't want to bother God too much. There must be a lot of problems that he must be dealing with. See, I don't want to add too much to his banquet. I don't want to add too much to him this evening. But I want you to know that he cares about you. I want you to know that God is bigger enough than the whole problem of the world. He can pack it all on his shoulder and deliver each and every single one of them in a snap of a finger. So Joash was besieged. And perhaps tonight you have been besieged. You have been besieged by some Syrians in your life. Perhaps you have been besieged with all that is going on. You have been besieged by a mind battle. You have been besieged by perhaps the spirit of lust. You have been besieged by, by, by I don't know, but by some depression. You have been perhaps besieged by some family problems. You have been perhaps besieged by some financial difficulty. You have been perhaps besieged. But I want you to know something. That we're God. He's still God. See, Satan has been trying to besiege the bride. See, he's, he tried to besiege Brother Ron Spencer. See, he's been trying to besiege Brother Donna Reagan. Just see the way he's trying to besiege every servant of God. We're going all the way to Brother Jules Forney and Brother Ron Peterson. And you can just name them. Trying to besiege the servants of God. Trying to hold back the program of God. But I want you to know something tonight. That there is a bomb in Gilead. There is a bomb in Gilead this evening. And that bomb is God and his bride. Hallelujah. That is the bomb that is in Gilead this evening. I believe that tonight it is time for a people to start to rise up. It is time for a people to start to take your bow. It is time to start to load your arrows.
Amen. It is time to start loading your arrows. I think it is time for the bride of Christ to start getting sick and tired of the devil. Start getting sick and tired of the devil attacking our families. Of the devil attacking the young people. I believe it's time to start getting sick and tired of it. It's time for you to take your ball. It's time for you to take your arrows. See, the prophet, he wasn't the one who was going to shoot. Josh had to shoot. See, it's not God that is going to shoot. It is you who have to shoot. And Brother Branham continues to say, he said, watch. And Elijah said, Go get your bow. And he put an arrow in, said, Open the window eastward, or open the windows towards the east. The east. He said, The east is the way that Jesus will come. Hallelujah. I believe it's time for us to open the windows this evening because that is the way that Jesus is going to come in. It's time to open your heart because that is the way that Jesus is going to come in. It's time for you to open up the, the, the struggle, to open up the windows of heaven and let the blessings come down in you. So that is the way that Jesus will come. And he said, now watch. Now I want you to put the arrow in the place and draw back as far as you can. See, the arrow is going to go far as far as you draw the ball. So draw it as far as you can. And he did. He said, shoot and when he shot, what happened? The arrow went out. He said, get the arrow. And when he come back, he said, strike the ground. And he struck the ground three times. And the prophet was wrought with him and said, why do you strike it more, more times than that? Why didn't you do something else about it? Strike it more times. He said, you struck it three times, which means which you will only have three victories. See, he gave him to strike it, but he struck it only three times. But tonight, we are not going to strike three times. See, we are not just going to strike and say that I believe the message. See, we are not just going to strike and say I have been baptized. See, we are not just going to strike and say, see, I belong to the anti-message tabernacle. See, we are not just going to strike with that, because the enemy is not scared to pay that. See, he's not scared about you being a message. He's not scared about you just coming to church. He's not scared about you just walking around and saying, oh, you've been baptized. See, he's not scared about that. And if you're just going to strike that way, I tell you, you're just going to have a little victory. The prophet was wrought with him. And God will be wrought with you if you're just going to stay on the baptism of the Holy Ghost only and say, well, I got one experience and that is all about it. Yeah, right. He's going to be wrought with you. 
Because the Holy Ghost is eternal. The Holy Ghost is, has not going to find a path to it. It is an everyday experience. It is a going deeper each day. And he will be wrought at you if you only stop there. Brother Branham said the arrow of deliverance is the Holy Spirit that has been sent, shot from the bow of God's love. He said, right. He said, one eternity to eternity was pulled together by the cord of love. God shot the arrow of deliverance into the church on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And when the church was given her hands, hallelujah, the church was given into her hand the arrow of God's deliverance. So on the day of Pentecost, God gave the church the arrow of deliverance. And I said, the arrow is not an house, but the Holy Ghost. And if the arrow is the Holy Ghost, and that was what was given to the church, I just want to remind you a couple of times. See, that same arrow one day, one boy, and he was walking beside a gate. And it was the gate of beautiful. And there was a lame man that was sitting at the gate. And you see the lame man just stretched out his hands. And he asked for arms. But you see these men that he asked arms from. Were a people that had shot the arrow. There were a people that has met with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, these people were not rich people. See, these people did not have any money with them. But they had the power of God in them. Hallelujah. They had the power of God in them. And if you've ever been to that place, you will have the power of God in you. It doesn't matter what you've got. But if you've got the power of God, I tell you it is worth more than anything else in this world. And they shot the arrow to him. And they said to him, silver and gold have we not. But in the name of Jesus Christ, you rise up and walk. And I tell you, a lame man who was born lame, he jumped on his feet. And they said he started to leap because he couldn't understand what was going on. But he couldn't realize that the power of God was taking effect in his life. Hallelujah. You might be lame this evening sitting here. You might be lame with trouble. You might be lame with something. But I want you to know that there is the power of God. That is able to quicken you that is able to raise you up again it was that same arrow the one time the disciples were being threatened and they got into a room and they started to pray it was that same arrow that came and gave them a refilling of the Holy Ghost. It was that same arrow that gave them boldness to keep facing the trials and to keep facing the persecution that came their way. It was that same arrow that a man by the name of Saul who has lost his way, and he was completely going the opposite way that God had ordained for his people. But it was that same arrow that met Paul on that road of Damascus and turned him around and filled him with the Holy Ghost and turned him and used him as an apostle and as a prophet of God. It was that same arrow in a house of a woman called Dorcas 
It was that same arrow that when Darkus was dead. It was that same arrow that walked into Rome and gave Darkus life back again. It was that same arrow when Paul and Silas were shouting at prison. You might be shouting at prison tonight, but it is that same arrow. It was that same arrow. It was the same Holy Ghost that when they started to praise the Lord, when they started to turn their eyes away from the problem, they started to turn their eyes onto God, when they started to turn their eyes onto the altar and the finisher of the affairs. There's something broken to that prison bars. That all the bars started to shake the next week came in. That the bars were broken and they could go free. But also, it was that same arrow that brought trials in your lives. It was that same arrow that brought testing in your lives. It was that same arrow that brought persecution upon them. But you see, the reason why he allowed that arrow to do that was because he was shaping them. See, because he was molding them. He was molding them for a purpose. And the reason he was doing that was because he wanted them to know that there is a God. He wanted them to trust him. He wanted them to know that he's a God that can deliver them in any situation. Because if Paul and Silas had never been put into a prison, they would have never known that there is a God that can put them out of a prison. See, if Darkus had never died, they would have never known that there is a God that is still raising the dead. See, all these things were just to prove to them that God is still the God of deliverance. Amen. And perhaps tonight, if you are going through a trial, if you are going through a test, I just want you to know that that is the hour of God's deliverance to you. Perhaps you may not see it now, and you may say, but it is a hard time, it is a hard trial, but I want you to know that is God's hour of deliverance to you. You may not see it now, but soon he is going to come upon the scene, and he's going to prove to you that that is his hour of deliverance. Amen. And Branham continued to say, but the modern church has struck short of it. He said, he said, we, we got a church. He said, oh, they struck, say, we got a church. We got a good teacher. We got theology. That's about as much as they know about. But he said, every promise in the book is mine. He said, every chapter, every verse, and every line. Hallelujah. He said, God, send the baptism of the Holy Ghost and put it in the hands of the church. The arrow of God's deliverance to deliver from sickness, from sin, from worry, from trouble, from wilderness, from everything else. But we've struck short of it. See, the arrow has been given to the church, but the church has struck short of it. He said, not that first bunch of Jews didn't, they struck it for everything God had for them. Talking about the early church. He said, they had all kinds of signs and wonders and miracles and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost. Everything, they had it, but we are striking short with it. 
He said the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the last days has come to the Gentiles in the western countries. And we are the western countries. Amen. And he said, and God shot the arrow of deliverance to us. And we have just a very struggle long enough to make ourselves. Oh, I am an assembly. Hallelujah. I belong to the church of God. Glory, God, glory to God. Hallelujah. That don't do you a bit of good. Brother, it's not an organization that God has struck with. It's given, to the, it's given to each individual to strike against the power of the devil. For its sickness, sin, filthiness, backbiting, cursing, oh my, wilderness, amen. But it said we struck short of it. Oh, we go over to the church and we join the church. And we think that's all right. That's not all right. Brother, don't stray short of nothing of God's blessing. The Bible said Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Strike it. He said, Amen. Don't be afraid. God said so. He said, I'm the Lord that healed thee. Strike it. He said, God said so. It's the arrow of God's deliverance. It's the arrow of God's deliverance. It is brought into the church tonight. See, we are the ones that have been striking short of us. But the power that is in the arrow has not changed. See, the arrow has got the very same power that it had on the day of Pentecost. But we are the ones that are being striking shot of it. Friends, we ought to realize one time that we are not serving a God of history. Amen. Amen. Because the God of history is not going to do any good to us. See, an eagle that has been caged is of no good. But you see, that's what the denominations done. See, they cage the word. See, they put God somewhere in the history. And they cage them in their dogmas and in their creeds. And at the end of it all, they find themselves to be caged. And friends, they want you to know that we are not immune to that. When we start to doubt the word of God, we are putting God in the history. When we start to have unbelief in our lives, we are putting God on the history. When there is a sin in our life that is hindering us from moving forward with God, we are caging the power of God. See, the denominations caged them and they put them down in the history. See, the denomination of people started to say that the days of miracles are past. They started to say that the move of God is over and that there's going to be a last move. But I want you to know, as we had in the special meetings, that God is still on the move. And the move of God is happening in the bride. And it's just moving her until one there is going to move her into another dimension. See, the denominational people started to say that there is no way that we can have young brothers like Daniel. 
See, they started to say that we cannot have young sisters like Esther. See, they started to say that we cannot have fathers like Jesse that will raise up a David that are giant slayers. They see, they started to say that we cannot have any more honors that will go and pray to the temple and get a child that will raise them to declare the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they started to say. But it's one time that they forgot that the arrow has been released. Now the arrow has been released to a people. The arrow has been released to a bride. And I believe that we are living in a time that we can have young brothers who can be a Daniel. I believe that we can have Daniels in the church. We can have Daniels that will go on their knees and they will strike and pray up. And they will strike and pray up. And they will strike and pray up until they get an answer from the Lord. I believe we can have a Daniel that can go in a lion's den. Oh, hallelujah. He can go in a lion's down of sin and yet God will come in and he'll deliver them from the mail of the lions I believe we can have young sisters that can be like Esther that has been raised for such a time like this I believe we can have those kind of sisters I believe we can have sisters oh, that can destroy the Satan of Lady of Naaman that is trying to take away the acquired and humble spirit. That is trying to take away the holiness. That is trying to take away the joy to shout praises to God. I believe we can have Esther's in this house. And I believe we do have Esther's in this house. I believe we can have fathers. Hallelujah. Because we are serving a God of deliverance. I believe we can have fathers that will create an atmosphere in the home. Have fathers that will build up an altar in the house with a fire of God burning upon it. Fathers that will put the word of God in the center of the home. Fathers that will raise up David, that will slay giants. Fathers that will raise up some girls, oh, that will defeat at 600 Philistines. Fathers that will raise up the Gideons. Fathers that will raise up a Samson. It is the time. It is the time. It is the time of deliverance. The arrow has been shot. Are you ready for deliverance? I believe that we can have mothers. I believe we can have mothers that can go on their knees and start to pray for their children. I believe we can have mothers that are barren, but yet they can go to the Lord and pray, and God will hear them and will give them a child. And will give them a child that they will raise to be a preacher. That will give them a child that they will raise to be a song leader. That it will give them a child that they will raise to be a deacon or a trustee. I want you to notice one ten. That was a woman down in Memphis. See, he was a mother, and the enemy had crept in into the home. See, she needed deliverance. 
Amen. She needed deliverance in her home. He said, God has given her the child. But you see, the child has been mixed up with the wrong time. And now there come a time that she needed deliverance. And I want you to notice one time. See, the woman in Memphis, she started to cry unto God. Because the woman in Memphis knew that God is a God of deliverance. He knew that God is not a God of history. But he knew that God is a present day God. Oh, hallelujah. And she started to pray. And she started to say, where is my Elijah? Where is my Elijah? And I believe there are mothers here to save them that can say, where is my Elijah? Where is the God of Elijah? And she started to pray and started crying for her Elijah. And her Elijah was riding on a plan. God is still God. Her Elijah was riding on a plane. But God said, there is a lady down in Memphis that is crying out for an Elijah. And it's out of form clouds in the skies because he is God. And the plane has to start to go. There had to be an emergency call for them to land in Memphis. See, God, he's not a halfway God. See, when God shoot, he doesn't shoot in the dark. When God shoot, it goes straight to the target. Hallelujah. And when you shoot and pray, you go straight to the target. Because that same God is living in you. And she kept on praying. And you want to talk about that the spirit of discernment and the God speaking to his prophets of doing things is always only to the prophet. See, God told that woman to go stand outside and told him exactly what Brother Branham will be wearing. Told that Brother Branham will be having a suitcase. That is that same God. And more to going into prayer. And God opening a vision onto her. We are not serving the God of history. He can do the same tonight. He can do the same in your life. And I want you to notice that God sent Elijah right to the room where she needed deliverance. See, Elijah did not just come to the doorstep. Elijah came straight into the room where deliverance was needed. And you can cry unto God. You can call unto God. And it will come to the very place that you need your deliverance. I believe that we can have mothers like that. And I believe we do have mothers like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, there were three Hebrew children. See, three young brothers. See, these three young brothers were serving the Lord. And they told them that they have to bow, bow down to a graven image. But you see, these young people are purpose in their heart that they were not going to bow to any graven image. See, they have purpose in their heart that they were going to stand for God. 
And I believe that there are young people that can purpose in their heart that they are going to stand for God. And I believe that the bride has come to a place that she is saying that she will not bow. We will not bow to this world. We will not bow. Whether there be a pandemic, we will not bow. Whether there be sin in the world, we will not bow. Whether there be persecution, we will not bow. Because our God is more than able to deliver us. And those Hebrew children said they will not bow. And I want you to know one time when they went into the fire, there was a fort man that showed up on the fire. But I want you to know that that fort man, he's living in you. See, that fort man, he might have been with them, but that fort man is now in you. That fort man is now in the pride. And he is sad. That I will never leave you nor forsake you. He has said that I will be with you unto the end of the world. He has said that I will fight your battles for you. He has said that I will deliver you. Amen. You see, in the natural When a man goes into a fire, he will burn. Naturally speaking, if you go into a fire, you will burn. But you see, when you've got God with you, or if you've got God in you, you can go through a fire and you will not burn. You say, how is that possible? I remember the testimony of Brother Ron Spencer a couple of years back. You want to talk about a God that is not a God of history? You think it was just a God that was with the Hebrew children? He is still a God today. Hallelujah. Brother Ron Spencer went through the fire. They said the lungs couldn't come back. He could have had scars on his face. But you see, Brother Ron Spencer had the fourth man in him. He had God in him. And he went through the fire and he came out and he's still alive today. This is the God we serve. He is a God of deliverance. And one of these days... That same God is going to deliver us from the fire that is going to strike this world. Oh, because we have a meeting in the air. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, I said we have a meeting in the air. We cannot be consumed. We cannot be burned because we got God in us. Oh, hallelujah. We've got God in us. And there's a meeting that we have to go to. And in the meeting is a bride. A bride that is spotless. A bride that is clean. A bride that is without spot or wrinkle. That is the bride that is going to the meeting. And if that is the request, if that is the prerequisite, that God has got for the bride, then he has got a remedy for that bride to be a sinless bride. He has got the remedy for that bride to be a spotless bride. He's got the remedy for the bride to be without spot or be without wrinkle. And the remedy is the arrow. The remedy is the Holy Ghost. See, the arrow is the Holy Ghost. 
The Holy Ghost is Christ. Christ is the Word. Amen. And we know that rod, the rod that Moses had with him, it must have been an antitype, Andrew, is that right? Must have been an antitype. No, I don't, sorry if I get that wrong. But even the rod stood for Christ, amen. The rod was an antitype that it was meaning that it was Christ. And you see, when Moses had a rod in his hand, it wasn't just the rod. That rod was a rod that God has anointed. That rod was the rod that God has placed in his hand to go and deliver his people. You see, and when Moses came to the Red Sea with that rod in his hands, and he stood there, he looked at the obstacle. The enemies were coming behind him, but he was given a promise. Moses, you go and deliver my people. And you see, Moses, he started to cry unto the Lord. But God said to Moses, why are you crying, Moses? Moses, why cry? Why cry, Moses? Why cry? Speak, Moses. Speak and move forward. And the Lord want to ask you a question tonight, bride of Christ. Why cry? Why cry? Speak and move forward. See, you have said that you are going to take the book. See, it wasn't. You see, he said, go take the book. And you went and took the book. And if you took the book, you must prophesy again. What is the red sea that is in your way? You speak to it. Hallelujah. What is the mountain that is in your way? You speak to it. He had the rod of God with him. See, when Moses spoke, it wasn't Moses speaking. It was God that was speaking through Moses. And when you speak, it is not you speaking. It is God that is speaking through you. Because he, oh hallelujah, he has made you the final voice to this final age. And you are the one, hallelujah, you are the one who has to do the speaking. And I want you to notice, he spoke, the rat seam gave way. They started to go, crossing on dry land. But as they were crossing on the dry land, they could still hear the noises of the chariots coming after them. As they were crossing that, see, they were going towards their deliverance, but they could still hear the noises of the chariots. They could still hear the angry scream of the Egyptian coming after them. See, for a moment, they started to think, perhaps we are not going to make it. For a moment, they started to think, perhaps we are going to be overtaken. And you see, when God is coming with us deliverance, you're going to still hear the threatening breath of the enemy upon your shoulders. You're still going to hear the threatening breath of doubt upon your shoulders. You're still going to hear the threatening breath of fear upon your shoulders. But you don't have to stop. Don't ever think that they are going to overtake you. Don't ever think... That you're going to overcome you. 
Because they were going because they had a promise. They were going not because Moses, Moses told them to go. They were going because God told them to go. And if God has come this evening to bring you deliverance, you forget about the noises that are behind your shoulder. If he's come to give you deliverance from sickness, you forget about the symptoms that you felt on in your body. If he has come to restore back to you whatever the enemy has taken away, you forget about the symptoms. Amen. And you see, they started to go forward. But at the moment that they made it to the other side, they could look back and they could see the enemies drown into the sea. And the moment that you will get to that place of the Holy Ghost one time, the moment that you will get to the place of divine love one time, the moment that you will get to the place of a divine fellowship with God one time, I tell you, you are going to see your enemies drop down behind you. You are going to see your enemy drown into the sea. If only you can come to that place just one time. Hallelujah. As they got to that place, all their enemies were drowned in the sea. I tell you, friends, God is still God. We need to raise God out of history. He is the living God. He is the God that still delivers. Amen. But you see, you are the one who has to do the speaking. Amen. You are the one who will have to take the arrow. See, you are the one who will have to do the shooting. And it's as, as far as you can pull the arrow. That is as far as it is go. It is how long you're going to stay there. It is when you are not giving up and praying. When you are not giving up staying in the Word. This is a God of deliverance. And I believe that God of deliverance has come here this evening. He's come to you this evening. He's come to your pain this evening. He's come to your trouble this evening. He's come to your situation this evening. And he's come to deliver you. Amen. How many in here ready to shoot that arrow this evening? How many in here are ready to say that I am not going to sit back and let the enemy rule over me? That I am not going to sit back, but anoint. I'm going to say that I am sick and tired of this enemy that keep coming my way. I am sick and tired of this sin that keep on besetting me. I am sick and tired of this pain, of this depression. I am sick and tired of it. And tonight, I am leaving this place free. I am living this place delivered. Is there anyone in here that is saying that I am living this place delivered? Is there anyone in here that is saying I am living this place free? I am not going to let the enemy hold me down anymore. We are the sons and daughters of God. The time of manifestation has come and no one else is going to manifest God but you. You are called to be the final voice. You are called to manifest God. Hallelujah. Why don't you rise upon your feet this evening? 
Why don't you start proclaiming your victory? Why don't you start speaking to your situation? See, I can do the speaking for you. You have to do the speaking. Let the musicians come. Why don't you start lifting up your voice? See, that voice, it is not your voice. And that is the voice that the enemy is scared of. It is the voice of God. And that voice is living in you. Why don't you start crying out this evening? Why don't you start speaking the word this evening? It is time for your deliverance. We've spoke about it. We've heard about it. But it is time for the manifestation of it. And God is here to bring the manifestation. What is your need this evening? What is your cry this evening? You call upon his name. And don't call upon his name and walk out with days with you. You live this place knowing that you are delivered. You live this place with confidence that you have been delivered, that you have been set free. And when the enemy comes and he starts to speak to you on your shoulders, you tell him that my God has set me free. You tell him you are under my feet because my God delivered me. You tell him that I am a bright blood believer. I am a blood blood believer. My words are not mine. When I was in church that night, I didn't say it. He said it. He just used my lips, but he said it. This is your time. Bride of Christ, this is your time. This is our time. This is our season. Don't let it pass you, boys, tonight. Don't let him pass, boys, tonight. While another he is calling, tell him not to pass you, boy, this evening. But tell him to bring deliverance in your way. Amen. Amen. Whatever you're playing, sister. I'm free. Oh, hallelujah. You can go free tonight. We don't have to stay and be knocked down with the enemy day after day after day and going around in a circle and going around in a circle that we seem not to be able to break free out of it. Going around a circle of sin, going around a circle of perversion and we can't just break away from it. But anoint your God has come to make a way out of the circle, to make a way for you to plumb out and to come into a heavenly place with Him. Let's sing that, Brother Myron. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of my past. 
after they crossed over and they came to the other side. I want to ask a question this evening. Is there a Miriam here tonight? Is there a Miriam here tonight who has made it on the other side? Is there a Miriam here that has had the shackles being fallen down? Is there a Miriam here tonight that is looking back and is seeing the sea covered his own animus? Is there a Miriam here tonight that is going to take a tambourine? Is there a Miriam here tonight that is going to stop praising God? Because when you are delivered, you can praise Him. When you are delivered, you can shout the victory. You can shout the freedom. Is there a Miriam here tonight? Is there a Miriam here tonight? Because these Egyptians that you seen, that you came on this place where you will never see them again. Glory! I said glory! You have been set free! Another question. Is there a David in here tonight? Is there a David in here tonight that is on his way back from slaying the giant? Is there a David in here tonight that is making his way back, having recovered everything? that the people came and took away from him. Is there a David in here tonight? Is there a David that has been delivered? I don't know why I'm still impressed to say this. I've been trying to push it down and try to push it down. But it keep coming to me. But I want to say it. I know we are a mixed audience. But is there a David tonight that has been delivered from pornography? Is there a David? That is holding the head of that giant. Is there a David here tonight? Is there an Esther here tonight? Is there an Esther here tonight? Who have reached out his hands to touch the golden scepter tonight? Is there an Esther? Is there an Esther? That is rejoicing because he has seen Naaman go down. Because he's looking at Naaman hanging on a tree. Oh, is there an Esther here tonight? Is there a bride here tonight? Oh, that has been delivered. Hallelujah. You have been delivered. Hallelujah, Brother Meyer. It's a victory tonight. 
It's a victory tonight. Lift up your hands and say, I'm taking my victory tonight. It's a victory tonight. We are not turning back. We are on our way to a rapture. Oh, no sin is going to hold us back. We got to rejoice shoes on. Oh, we got to rapture shoes on. You are not going to turn us back, Satan. Oh, tonight we are free. If you're free, let's sing the song that you are free. You see, free people, free people don't just, you know, just kind of, you know, be sad. And, you know, when, 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 when those legs were set free, see, when that nine, when, you know, they were climbing up that mountain because they said when the sun rose up, then they could go free. See, when the first man got up there, and I tell you, friends, the first man has gone up there, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ, and he's screaming down to us this evening, and he's saying to us, you are free. And you see, when the people that were down there, when they heard that they were free, I tell you, they were inside, because it meant that they were not going to have any more lashes from their master. It meant that they were going to be more, be slaves to their master. It meant that they were free. Let's sing that song, Victory is Mine. Friends, sing it that you've got a victory tonight. Man. You've crossed over. You've gone through the Red Sea. Amen. You are on the other side. Oh, Miriam, take up your tambourine. Oh, David, stop praising the Lord. Oh, stop dancing like David danced. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's shake off the heaviness. Let's shake off the shackles. Amen. Forget about it Wednesday. It is God in here tonight. It is God coming for deliverance. Oh, you who are streaming in the homes, I want to say to you, you stop praising the Lord. You stop taking your victory because you also have been set free. Let's sing it this evening. Oh, victory is mine. Oh, sing it tonight. Victory is mine. Oh, yes. Thank you. 